Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist podcast. Today, I'm chatting with my friend Tara Kirby. So Tara is the founder of Dream Maker Society, which is the life coaching certification um, process that I went through. She is a mentor, she is a coach, she used to be a hairstylist, no longer, but we are talking today about how to find the right coach or mentor for you. Now, in true um, Misty Jane fashion, this conversation takes a lot of twists and turns in such a beautiful, beautiful way. So bear with us because the amount of motivation, inspiration, knowledge that is in this episode is just exactly why I love doing what I do. So be ready for a beautiful ride of self-reflection, self-improvement, and self-growth. I will be linking all of the info on how you can find Tara and the Dreammaker Society in the show notes. Um, And again, if you love this conversation, please, please, please go ahead and screenshot it. Tag me, tag Tara, tag the Cash Confidence, tag everyone, okay? Tag your friends who would like it. Tag all the people. And please enjoy. Hello, Tara. How are you today? Hi, I am so good. So happy to be here. So I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, Let's hope this isn't a four-hour conversation because I feel like that could easily be done. Easy. (laughs) But before we start, this is like kind of one of those rare occasions where you are not a hairstylist. Not anymore. Yeah, you used to be, but not anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am excited to have you on because I like having kind of, I like having all kinds of conversations on here Um, and tell the people that are listening who you are and what you do. Awesome. So I'm Tara Kirby. I am an alignment coach um, and I support other women in building 
an aligned business. Um, I also have a coach certification program through a method that I created. It's called the dream method. Uh, and we have women come and they become certified coaches through our dream method. Um, and then we also have a life coaching certification and other certifications that are on the way, which we're super excited about. Um, but essentially I spend my time helping women own their power, find their power, whether that's in a one-to-one container, a group coaching program, or through our certification and education programs. I love this. So a little backstory. So I met Tara at a business mastermind that we were in, um, and we were at a retreat and we were just chatting by the pool. And I think you mentioned, I don't even know if you mentioned it or if I mentioned that I was looking into more information on life coaching and you were like, Oh, I certify. (laughs) I certify women to become life coaches. And I was like, wait, what? And I ended up going to your, um, IRL, your in real life, a life coaching certification retreat. And it was awesome. So for anyone listening, if you've ever been, honestly, I don't even think you need to want to be a life coach. No, like I really don't. I've been thinking about this lately. Um, like if I ever opened a salon, I would want you to come and give like a class to stylists Mm. because I feel like what life coaching really is, is like you say, it's a conversation. Yeah. And I think that it is a way to empower people through conversation. Um, and I love that. So yeah. I don't even want to say if you want to be a life coach, you should like follow along with Tara. Like yeah. if you want to empower people through conversation, you should follow mm-hmm. along. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually really funny. The more women that we're certifying through our program, the more we're actually realizing it's helping create leaders versus coaches. So there's a few women in our program who they're not even actively coaching in their businesses, but they're coaching their team members or they're coaching. Um, we have a girl who's in direct sales and the women who are underneath her, like she's using it for her coaching programs inside of her direct sales company. So it is really something. And that's, that means so much to me because what we created it for was to help women become coaches. But at the end of the day, like I'm coaching my kids every single day I'm coaching the women who work for me. So it really does come down to having these conversations and being able to become a good listener. Right. And then, which is so much easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I feel like I'm still even learning and integrating in my own business and in um, my own life as being a coach, even outside of coaching. Right. Absolutely. Since I became a coach, I have the way that I communicate with my friends, Mm. with my family, Mm -hmm. with my husband, with my child, like, especially as my kid gets older, he's almost eight. And Mm. it is wild to me how well he talks about his feelings and his emotions. And a part of me just pats myself on the back because I'm like, (laughs) I've given him the space to know, to be comfortable. And essentially I feel like that's what coaching really is all about. Right. Is Mm -hmm. like having a safe space that, that you can, um, be more vulnerable, you know, and, and it's not even necessarily, yes, you get guidance, but like, it's helping you find your, like creating your own guidance for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's helping you see yourself and seeing the answers that are already existing inside of you, seeing that a lot of the times when I'm having coaching conversations, it's like, 
my clients end up coaching themselves Mm -hmm. because they start being able to hear what they're saying and they can understand what they mean through what they say. Whereas when we first start working, I'm the one that's mirroring back. Oh, this is what I'm hearing from you. Is this right? And then the more we move into it, the more we're able to coach ourselves. And I find a lot of our coaches who go through that program, since they are immersed in having to do that for their clients are able to do it for themselves even more. Yeah, absolutely. Self-coaching. Um, Mm -hmm. so we kind of want to, I'm going to flip gears a little bit. So, um, today we're going to talk a little bit about like, I guess we'd say like how to find a mentor or how Mm -hmm. to find somebody that you want to hire, because especially after, I mean, there's always been coaches. That's always been a space, but especially in the hair world after 2020, and Mm -hmm. I was one of these people, so no shade on any of them, but there are educators and coaches popping up everywhere. Um, And I know that how, like, how would you say somebody should pick Mm. like who is best for them? Yeah. Yeah. So I think something that's really important for people to know is the coaching industry is not regulated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is why educators and coaches are kind of popping out of nowhere because anyone can claim to be a coach. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyone can claim to be an educator. And I think we're all educators. We're all experts in our own space. And so when it comes to actually finding the right coach for you, I think a lot of it is getting to know who they are and not necessarily where they were trained. I don't think you necessarily have to hire a coach that's certified. I think as a client, you actually have more protection if you do hire a coach that is certified through a program because most programs Um, they have a code of ethics. That's one thing that we hold very, very strongly for us is we have a code of ethics. So understanding what your coach's code of ethics is not only like where, like the tools that they have to be able to support you, making sure that they have similar beliefs as you. And that doesn't necessarily mean need to mean like you believe exactly the same things, but having those deep beliefs when you're stepping into a space of coaching, like it's a very, very vulnerable space. And if you're not allowing yourself to be vulnerable, you're not going to get out of it what you could and what I would hope your coach wants for you. Right. I think there are coaches who do see it as just a transactional exchange. And then there's those other coaches and all the women who go through our program. I truly feel that they want to create the impact They want to create the transformation and I've done it before where I've invested in coaches and I was like, Ooh, that looks fun. And that looks shiny. And I didn't get what I intended out of it. And a lot of that had to do with me. Yeah. Right. Right. Because I had hired this person with the intention that I was going to get X, Y, and Z because that's what she had. Um, that's what she had marketed. And then when I went to the container, I was like, Oh, this is actually not what I wanted. Right. Right. And I would even, even say, sometimes you get out of it, what you don't realize you need, Mm -hmm. depending on what Mm -hmm. it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I know I have paid for coaches that I have learned one thing Mm. and it was worth it. Worth it. Just one thing. I remember my first coach. Um, Sid, um, I'll shout her out cause I love her. Sid Sharice. She's from destroy the hairdresser was my very first coach. Um, and I hired her when I went out on my own in an independent as an independent stylist, because mm-hmm. I was super burnt out. I was like, just 
working too much, you know, just, I didn't really have any direction. Right. Um, and she, the one thing that got me, well, actually I got like two very important things from her. One being learning how to be less reactive, Mm. um, in any situation was huge. Yeah. But I stopped working Saturdays because I hired her and it was literally like two sentences that were worth every penny that I paid for Mm. her. You know, and, and it was, it's, so I think sometimes like we don't realize what we're going to get out of, out of a mentor or a coach um, and almost releasing the idea of what you think you need and being Mm -hmm. open to what you actually need. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I think the space of where you're coming from for, with your investment is incredibly important because I know that the containers that I've invested in from a scarcity mindset were not those that were able to give me what I needed. Right. right? Because I just wanted my problem solved. I'm like, just freaking solve my problem. And when I have invested from an abundance mindset or just open, right. Just being open to, okay, I'm going to follow my intuition. This feels good. I'm going to get what I get right? I'm going to get what I get. And I'm not going to throw a fit about it because I'm going to get what I need. Right. And when we have that energy of stepping into something, because we want to be empowered versus I want this person to solve my problem. Mm -hmm. That's where you actually get to step into the space of mentor. That's why I say, I don't necessarily think there's the right mentor for everyone. Right. It's your ability to be receptive to someone who is going to help guide you to what you actually need. Yes. And, and, and you're going to change it. I've had numerous coaches throughout, you know, the last four years of me hiring coaches and Mm -hmm. I will always have a coach depending on what I need. So, you know, if I, again, I'm just using salon things. If you open a salon, you might need a coach specifically for that. If you want to be a mentor or an educator, you might need a coach specifically for that. If you need somebody to help you heal personally, you might need a coach specifically for that. So Mm -hmm. I think that, um, hiring a coach isn't permanent. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? Like you can switch things up as your life changes, but I agree with you what you said, um, a while back about, you know, are they kind of doing, are they living the life that you want to live? Yeah. You know, and for me, yeah. that's important to me because I'm personally not a like shiny Ferrari diamonds kind mm-hmm. of girl, yeah. I, that kind of turns me off. So I'm like, mm. I don't want that. So why would I learn how they totally. got that? If that totally. makes sense. And I think there's a level of self-awareness that's important when it comes to that, because I think oftentimes we do see those shiny things and we think, oh, I should want that. Mm -hmm. instead of dropping in and asking ourselves, what do I actually want? Like, what do I want my life to look like? And can I find someone who's modeling that behavior, whether that's in the way that they um, exist in their life, the way they exist in motherhood, the way that they are running their life. Um, But once you can actually ask yourself that question and honestly ask it without all the shoulds, I think that's going to create a lot of self-awareness so that you aren't hiring people based on what you think you want versus what you really need. Yes, 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 yes. It's funny you say that because one of the major things that I got out of your retreat was letting go of the shoulds. Mm. And it wasn't even anything that was talked about. It was just like, you know, you have all these breakthroughs when you go to these things. And um, that was one of them. And I say that all the time now. I was like, let go of the should. Well, who told you you should do that? Mm. You want to do that? Like, because that should, if that should doesn't feel good, why are we, why are we doing the should? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting. I think that there's a lot of noise out there, you know, and I, I also, 
what, how do you like to learn? This is another aspect, right? Mm -hmm. So like, Mm -hmm. do you want a digital course that you can watch on your free time? Do you want in-person? Do you want one-on-one? You know, I work with a lot. I, so when somebody signs up with me for one-on-one coaching, I have a digital course that gives them the how-tos. And then we have coaching Mm -hmm. that is like, you know, actual coaching. And a lot of times, the coaching aspect is what gets them to do the digital course. So I will hear all the time. I wasn't Mm going to do it, but I knew we had this call together. So that particular person, if they just bought the digital course, they're not going to get anything out of it because they're going to buy it. They're going to forget about it. They're probably never going to open it or they're going to watch one video. And so I think knowing how you like to learn is also super important. I personally, I like one-on-one and I like, I really like in-person. In-person is if I could just hire people to like fly to them and have an experience always, that is my jam. Um, So I think that that is important too. How do you like to learn? I'm an in-person girl. Mm -hmm. I'm a hands-on and it's so funny. So I, so I was a hairstylist for eight years behind the chair. Um, I also went to esthetician school before I went to hair school, um, because I didn't want to be that girl who did hair. Right. Interesting. Oh, Oh, we're going to dive into here. We're going to dive into that. I can do skincare and it'll be fine. Right. Um, but before that I actually went to college and I hated it. I hated (laughs) sitting in a room and having someone digest information to me. I was like, this is so dumb, but it wasn't until I went to esthetician school and I went to like cosmetology school and I was actually learning hands-on. I thrived in that space. And I think that's why I loved entrepreneurship too, because it wasn't just like sitting in a business class and they're teaching you how to do a class. I'm like, I'm just going to get my hands dirty and figure out what the hell I'm doing as I'm doing it. And so as I'm moving into next levels of my business, if ever given the opportunity, I'm like, tell me how I can be in the room with you versus learning in a digital opportunity. Now with that, like I create digital options as well, right? Like our certification, we have our IRL, which honestly, if anyone is ever like, I think I want to certify, I'm like, do IRL. I, that's <laughs> what I, yes. I, because that's of the what I say. I'm like, it happens in person. Exactly. But yep. there are some who they do well learning in their own environment. And I think it's really important to look at your season of life, Mm. right? Like there was a point in my life where I couldn't, and I didn't feel like I could go to retreats because I had little baby. I mean, I still have little babies at home. My oldest is barely two or my youngest is barely two, but like, I didn't feel like I could leave. So my only option in that season of life, if I wanted to learn was to take the online course. So I think it's really important that you allow yourself to learn not only based on how you learn best, but what you can actually do. Because the last thing I want is for people to wait to learn Mm. until they can put themselves in the room or into the situation. Yes. Yes. And I'm okay. So this, this is perfect segue because I've been thinking about this a lot lately too. A lot of people are constantly buying courses and they're constantly buying information, but they're not implementing. Absolutely. And I think what's happening, my perspective of it is that they are trying to learn as much as possible to build confidence Mm -hmm. in whatever it is that they're hoping to get. But what they're not Mm -hmm. realizing is, is that the confidence comes from the action. So if you're just constantly consuming content and education, but you're not actually implementing and doing something nothing, the confidence never comes. So you're literally pouring money into stuff 
for really no reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, truly at the end of the day, like confidence, isn't something you have, it's something you create and the way you create it is through taking action. Yep. I see it a lot in conversations that I have with my clients or my coaches. And they're like, I'm just so frustrated at where I, where I am. And I'm like, when's the last time you made something without looking at what everybody else was making? Mm, Right. And it's this idea of creator versus innovator. And we're Mm -hmm. all natural creators. We're constantly creating, like that's part of what it is to be a human being is to create, but there's a point of conscious creation where you are taking out, you're putting your blinders on, right? Mm -hmm. You're putting your blinders on and you're creating based on what is inspiring to you versus, oh, they're successful over there. So I'm going to try that. And then they're going to get frustrated because it's not working out the way that they thought it would, or the way they thought it should. And so we always get slapped back into our place of, okay, when's the last time you took action based on what you wanted, not based on the outside sources. I love that you bring that up because a lot of women, I mean, we struggle with confidence. We're basically told our entire lives by the media, by society that like, we're not enough. And I can go, Ooh, I can go off on like all of that. And just the oppression that we have been created, what has been created for women specifically mm-hmm. for that, and how we're breaking through that right now, which is so beautiful. But the way we break through that is through creating confidence in ourselves first when no one else is around. Yeah. Or I think oftentimes we take action for a result an outside result. Maybe it's like, I'm going to create this course so I can sell it so I can make cash flow. But if you're creating just to create, and you're so proud of that, that's going to have more power when you take it to market versus I'm going to create this for this purpose. Yes. Okay. I have to tell you a story. So well, it's not really a story, but it's kind of my real life, but, um, it's funny that you say this, this is great because I recently did another launch and I have been doing what, what everyone kind of is telling me to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the, I love money, obviously. Like I love that topic, but like, I hate I'm not, I, I hate marketing. I hate it. And I'm very mm-hmm. aware that if, if you're listening and you're not an educator, you are a marketer if you are selling something online, essentially. Yep. And it's my least favorite part of this new situation that I'm in. And I, um, my launch didn't do great. It didn't do what I thought it was going to do. And I was talking to um, my um, my person that helps me with marketing and one of my dear friends, Jody Brown. She's absolutely amazing. Um, anyone who listens to this knows she's been on here a million <laughs> times, but I was talking to her and I said, you know what I'm for the next two weeks, I'm just going to post what feel, what I feel online. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to care about what anyone tells me to do, including you, Jody, love you to death. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jody's absolutely amazing. Yeah, and really yeah. my launch numbers were like higher than average. It's just, it's anyway, we can talk about this later. People <laughs> listening are going to get confused, but, um, <laughs> but, um, And it's funny because it's been five days since I've just been like, just going to post what I feel like. It doesn't have to be about money. It doesn't have to be about the hair salon. It doesn't have to be about anything. It can just be, this is the mood I'm in right now. And I'm going to post it. And this morning I was walking with a friend and I was talking about it. And I looked at my email when I got home and I had a one-on-one application, which I love one-on-ones. One-on-one clients are hands down the favorite thing that I do. And, um, 
And it, it just, for me, it solidifies that I just need to, like you said, put on the blinders, you know, Mm -hmm. and do what feels good to me. Because at the end of the day, what is the point if you build a business that doesn't feel good to you? Yeah. Which I know that you talk about a ton. Well, and I'm actually like in a season of that right now. So our business, like my business has grown in a way that was, it was not the plan. Mm-hmm. It was what I'm doing is not the plan. When I stepped into the world of coaching, I was like, okay, I'm going to start coaching women one-on-one. I'm going to make $10,000 a month and I'm going to be good. Yeah. Right. And then I did that and I was like, I'm bored. Mm. <laughs> I want more. I wanted more. I wanted more growth. And I knew that I was being called to more. And so now, I mean, I've had this specific business for almost four years. We have a headquarters. I have two employees. I have multiple contractors and I have so much noise. Oh, I need this. Oh, we need this for this marketing thing. And I'm at a point where I'm like, burn it all to the ground, not the business. We're going to keep the business, but burn everything else to the ground because it doesn't feel fun right now. Right. And what is the point of us building a business and going into the world of entrepreneurship? If we're not having more fun than not, right? I don't think every single day is rainbows and butterflies and it's the best. Like we have to do spreadsheets. We have to do like the shit that we don't want to do. However, when you are the creator of your business, if it's more shit than not, that's when we got to pull it back. And that's kind of where I have been in the past few months. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at what I've created. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I created? Right. Right. It's gotten to the point where it's a monster. And so we're taking a step back and I have been focused on, okay, what does Tara want at the end of the day? What do I actually want? Not what do I think I should want or what do I see these successful, right? And I put that in quotations because success, I think is perception each and every one of us. And we have to define what that is, but I've decided that person's successful because X, Y, or Z. So I'm going to go and try that. And then when I finally step back into my lane, I'm like, what do I want to do? Mm -hmm. And then I get to re-answer that question time and time again. And I think so often when we step into the world of business, and even those of you who are still behind the chair and you're like, I know that I want more and I'm here now, I can't change my mind because of what I've created. Mm. Oh, we're going to throw that out the window because we get to change our minds whenever we want. Yes. I think that's a perception that people definitely get confused. They think every decision that they, I talk about this a lot actually on the podcast, because Mm -hmm. I think every decision, they think every decision they make is permanent, you know, and coming from somebody who stopped their freaking what, when, how many years was I? 17 year career to, Mm -hmm. I stopped it completely. I broke up with every single one of my clients for 10 months and then decided to go back one day a week. Like I changed Mm -hmm. my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and it's like, you can do that. And it's not like totally. the end of the world. Mm-mm. Um, oh, dang it. I had something that I was going to say and now I forgot what it, oh, um, I think a lot of times too, is we focus too much on the money, yeah. right? Yep. Like we focus on, and I know that this can be my issue as well. And this is something I've been diving into a lot this month is that I'll say, well, my goal is this amount. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that does not serve me very well. You know, it, what serves me more is I want to impact people. Mm. The money comes when you are aligned with your why. Yep. 
And I feel like I have learned that even in hair, you know, when I was just taking anyone and everyone because I wanted the money, I was miserable. Yeah. The money was coming in, but I hated it. It wasn't Mm -hmm. happy money. I'm reading a book called happy money Mm -hmm. that I highly, highly recommend. And it talks about every money that you hand to somebody or every money that comes into your life should be happy money. Like if you have a shit client, that makes you feel like crap. You don't like taking their money. Doesn't even feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, well, and I think and I would say, I would say too, I've had actual tangible experiences where I have had client contracts that have gone out. So I'm a generator. If you are familiar with human design at all, you're like, I know what she's talking about. If you're not don't even stress about it. Generator. <laughs> so part of my human design is I have a very strongly defined yes or no. Like my body will be like, hell yes, or no, no. If it's yeah. in the maybe like, mm, I don't really know. That's a no for me. Okay. And so there've been client contracts that I've sent out and I'm like, mm, I guess that'll be fine. Mm, I guess that'll be fine. And time and time again, the universe is always taking care of me where the point where I'm like, okay, they haven't signed the contract. Why the fuck haven't they signed the contract? They were so excited about it. Right. And I'm holding on to this money that's mm. out there. It's waiting for me. And every single time I release the contract that doesn't feel like a hell yes, a hell yes client drops in. Right. Every single time. Mm -hmm. And I think so often we are holding so tight to the money, right? The money that's possible for us or, oh, that person slid into my DMs. I'm so excited to sell to them. I'm so excited for that exchange. But it's like, what is the actual exchange? Right. It's the impact. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's what you get to do to serve, to receive that exchange. And I think that so often, especially in the space of education and coaching and this type of mentorship numbers and like, oh, I did a $10,000 launch. Oh, I'm making six figures. Oh, this and that. We are encouraging our clients and our potential clients to have this idea that money is what brings the happiness. Right. And that's not from someone who has like the month that I made the most amount of money in my business was probably the hardest personal month for me. Right. And then well, the next it, month I was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't hit these goals again. Like I haven't hit that number again. What does that mean about me? Right. And we have so much attachment around numbers and pieces of paper that literally can be printed. And yes. We put our worth around how much is in our bank account or our worth around how much money that we have. Absolutely. In actuality, it has nothing to do with, with us as a human being at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's super interesting. It's, um, I, so I, I personally, and I know a lot of people do it and I know that there's a reason for it. I have a hard time with like letting out, like, like whenever, oh, I'm a six figure stylist, I'm blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, but like, what does that mean? What does your life look like? Cause I know people who say they have six figure business and they are fucking workaholic, miserable people. Totally. You know what I mean? So it's totally. like, does that mean anything? Like to me, it doesn't mean anything. So I think mm. for anyone listening, like I want you to, it's very shiny objects, right? Like we were totally. talking about earlier, like, yeah. you know, yeah, that's exciting. But what does that actually mean for your life? And is that actually what you want for your life? And a lot of times I have people do their dream number, my clients, where they like write down exactly how much they need. um, If they want to live, literally, if you want to live the life that you want, how how much do you want to pay your mortgage? How, what is your car payment? How many times do you want to travel? Like if you write all that down and you have a dream number, 
it's never as high as you think it is. Mm-mm. It's never as much money as you think you need, no. you know? And it's, it's so interesting to me because we do, we put this like idea of if I make this amount, my life's going to look like this. And in mm-hmm. actuality, if you're not doing the inner work, you could make three times what you're making now. And you're going to be in the exact same position you are now. Yep. Like true, truly, truly. And like, I will be the first one to stand up and say, that was me. Mm -hmm. That was me where I was like, we were making, I mean, we were living paycheck to paycheck. We were living in a home that we were renting and I had like debilitating debt to the point where like, I would wake up in the middle of the night, literally counting numbers in my head. I'm like, okay, we have this much and this, it was a terrible time of my life. And I was like, I just need to make $10,000 a month to be able Mm -hmm. to get to the other side. Right. I so grateful built a business. I was making $10,000 consistently still feeling like we still don't have enough money. We still don't have enough money because the habits were still there Mm -hmm. because they were attached to the beliefs. I was going to say the beliefs were still there. Yeah. The idea of feast and famine, the money would come in and it would leave just as fast. And I'm like, how are we doing this? Right. And me and my husband, we both, and through a lot of inner work and doing work together, we have been doing our best to heal our money stories for ourselves and realized our money stories are totally the same. Oh, it's because we were enabling each other mm-hmm. to do what we were doing because we had the same money story. We're like, Oh, it's fine. Like right. money will come in and in an abundant, like an abundant mindset of, Oh, the money will come in and the money will go just as fast. Yeah. Right? And so it was that deep seated belief. And it wasn't until I was able to like actually get down and heal my money story. And it's still, it still will pop up. It's a work. It's always a work in progress. I always say it's not, there's no destination in that. It's like a journey. Once you Mm -hmm. overcome one block, you're going to hit another one. You're going to hit another one, you know? Absolutely. And I think it's really interesting too, because in the space of money and talking about healing our money mindset, we think it's our personal finances. Mm -hmm. When you step into business, you see that you treat money the exact same in your business as you do in your personal life. And you're like, Oh, well, in my business, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, if you heal your beliefs, you won't, but I see it. And I mean, we can see it in so many things. Our beliefs, they, they coexist with our entire lives. It's like, okay, how is this manifesting in your relationships? Right. How is this manifesting in your conversations, in your motherhood, in like all of these different things. And it's all the same belief that is leading you to different actions and manifesting in different places of your life. So I want to circle back again with beliefs, because you had said earlier that you had a belief that, what did you mm. say exactly about being a hairstylist? Oh, I didn't want to be that girl. Yeah. So talk to me about that. I didn't want to be that girl. Um, I think part of it is the culture in which I was raised. Um, so I was raised in a culture where um, women were encouraged to be at home and to mm. take care of the children. And the only women who I knew that worked outside of the home did hair. Ah. but they, they loved it because they had a flexible schedule so they could do hair at night and they all did hair from home. Mm. So I was like, ew, I don't want to be that girl. Right. I be that girl because I had decided and I had seen, that's what was modeled to me that if I'm going to be a hairstylist, I'm going to work in my kitchen and I'm going to do hair while my kids are running around. And how funny is this? Let's just talk about beliefs manifesting. So Stepping into the world of 
like cosmetology. I was an esthetician at a salon. I assisted at the salon. I moved and three, four years later, right at the end of my styling career, if you will, I was doing hair in my kitchen. Mm. I was doing that thing that I was so afraid of doing. And in that space, it didn't mean anything to me. Right. It just was what it was. It was what it was. And it was my season of life. Right. It was my season of life. And I was so happy to do it, but it's so funny how like full circle that belief came. And then that was my reality. And I was, I had no attachment to that reality. Do you think that, so this is something, again, I feel like this conversation has like been my whole brain the last month, but (laughs) do you think that you didn't want to be that person because you didn't think you could be that person? Or you just did not want to be that person. I think a lot of, actually, I know a lot of my life was, I don't want to say given to me in a way that doesn't make sense, but I feel like a lot of the path that I took was based fully on my conditioning, my religious beliefs. Like it's what I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. right? Based on my conditioning, based on my religious affiliations and all of that. And I have always had a very strong, I don't want to do what I'm supposed to do. Right. You rebel. And, right. Rebel at heart. But then I always end up doing those things that I I'm supposed to do. They're part of my path, right? Because I do feel like they're a part of my my becoming and unbecoming is experiencing these things that I think are not meant for me. And allowing myself to experience them with no attachment. Right. Right. And so I'm not really sure if, I don't know. I mean, I, I could dive deeper into, I'm like, why did I not want to be that girl? But it really does come down to like, I didn't want to do what everyone else was doing. Right. And that's a belief that like still flows through me. Um, But I loved my time in the hair industry. Yeah. And Cause I think about me. it. I remember saying, I never wanted to go independent. Mm. I remember saying that. I remember saying I never wanted to open a salon. I remember saying, I never want to be an educator. Like, I remember saying, I remember yeah. saying just the beginning of this year, I don't want, I never want to be a speaker. And then I mm-hmm. spoke this year and loved it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and in reality it's, I was just scared of all of those things. Mm. In reality, it's all things that made me uncomfortable because I didn't have enough information or I wasn't confident in them. So that's why I ask because, I mean, I can think of a million things. I, I, my husband and I got married saying we didn't want to have kids, Yeah, you know, and in reality, I think it was more of that's terrifying. Mm. I mean, there's, I don't know. I only have one for a reason, but But still, (laughs) it's a a hard life in these streets with kids. Let me tell you right now. And like truly- I love my kids. And I know that I don't have to have the caveat of, I love my kids. And also I think if I wasn't raised the way that I was, that you're supposed to have kids, I probably would have chosen another path. And I also got pregnant on birth control. So like, this was clearly oh. my path. Like I really did. I would choice. cry. <laughs> that's like, that's literally a whole other podcast episode. Like right. that life Oh, honey, the single mom life was, it was a beautiful learning experience. And it brought me my husband. It brought me like to a new level of entrepreneurship. That was a whole thing, but like, truly it's these things that we think we don't want. Mm -hmm. And then we get them and we're like, oh, 
okay, now I get to decide what this is for me. Yeah. And I think there's so much power in that because I mean, and I'm sure you see this often too, when you're in coaching conversations, like people will come and say, well, this is happening to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you created this, right? Whether consciously or subconsciously, you created the reality you had by your choices that were created through your belief system. Right. Right. And that's why in the coaching space, and I know that this is part of why you stepped into life coaching, it's, it's layers. We have to get rid of the layers. So we aren't healing on a surface level. So we can actually go deeper and get to the root of the problem. So we can do more of what we're supposed to be doing versus what we're told we should do or conditioning or what our beliefs are like dictating from us. Right. So next question for you. I I'm, think this is a new all the time question because I think I've asked it everyone. Um, do you believe that you can be successful without personal growth? No. Yeah. Same. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I actually, what do you of- think happens if, if you take the personal growth out of chasing success? Mm. That's a really good question. I think if we take the personal growth aspect out of it, we don't have the ability to grow as much as we have the capacity to. Mm-hmm. I think we allow ourselves to stay small and to be small. And we end up honestly going through the same cycles that we're always going through and the frustration and the, all of the emotions that come up for each and every one of us in our businesses, they continue to come up and personal growth is showing you and creating awareness and helping you move past those cycles. You're going to hit new cycles, fun fact, right? But you're able to move past that cycle and you're actually able to evolve. Whereas if you're not doing any sort of personal development, or I would even go as far as saying any healing work, you're going to continue to be exactly where you are. It may look different day to day, but the internal struggles. And I always think it, I always bring this up in a lot of conversations and especially coach certification where I'm like, at the end of the day, who were you with? Because I ask people, I'm like, okay, what do you want? And they're like, well, I want this. And because I have kids and I'm like, take the kids off the table. Like they're going to be there and we're going to decide how we show up for them. But at the end of the day, you are with you and your thoughts right. Your feelings every single day. And so if you're not allowing yourself to move through and evolve internally, your external world is going to manifest exactly what's happening in your internal world over and over again. Yes. So if you want things to change, then you have to change. Exactly. Change. Uh, uh, what is it? Oh crap. I had a good quote that I always say, um, nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm -hmm you know, and it's so true and bringing it back to mentors again, it's kind of like we were saying earlier, it's like, we hire these, we hire people to help us, but we don't actually put in the work. Right. Mm -hmm. Not everyone, not, you know, um, I've gotten to the point now where it's like, I only want people who are obsessed with personal growth to be my one-on-one clients. Like if you are not obsessed with it, I cannot help you. Mm. I can't. You know, I've yeah. had people that just, they just want the answers and there's no reflection Yeah, and it gets nowhere. I think, I think going back to that as well, when it comes to looking for a mentor, like what are the questions they're asking you? Mm, what do you mean? Say that differently. So like, I have people who will slide into my DMS and they'll be like, hi, I'm looking for a coach. And I'm like, 
Okay. I'm going to ask you questions about you, your business, your level of growth. Have you worked with a coach before? Because for me, I don't want to be somebody's first coach. I'm not trying to be somebody's first time. Okay. Right. And I know that I am not the investment. I'm going to, I'm going to seal my lips on that one, but Uh, go ahead. (laughs) It's fine. Um, but like truly like I need someone who's willing to go there. And unless you've gone there before through some sort of, and it doesn't necessarily have to be one-on-one coaching, but like you've had to have some exposure to the world of personal development and healing. And so when you were asking someone like, say you're going, you're shopping for your coach shopping. Ooh, so fun. I'm coach shopping. You're doing this all the time, right? right? You're like watching people's stories. You're like, Ooh, interested. But when you're actually actively coach shopping, you're sliding into somebody's DMS, you're filling out an application. What are the questions they're asking you to qualify you to work with them? Yes. Like, are they not just like, yeah, great. Here's, here's, here's my sales link. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, pay attention to the applications you're filling out. What questions are they asking in their applications? Right. Because for me, the exchange is not okay. And truly I can coach anyone. I'm very confident in my ability to coach literally anyone who is willing to go there. Right. Right. So when I'm having these conversations, I'm not putting people in my coaching containers based on who wants to pay me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it based on, okay, are you at a level where I can impact your life in a way you want your life to be impacted? Yes. So in my, in my, um, discovery calls, there's two questions that I absolutely love. And what, one of them is I ask, how coachable are you? Mm. You know, cause I think that's important. And I didn't absolutely. ask that at the beginning yeah. and I wish I would have, because mm-hmm. I probably would not have accepted, um, a couple people. Um, and then the other one is if we work together in three years from now, Mm. what would have had to happen working with me to make you feel like it was worth it? Mm. And it really gets people thinking because they're, it gets them thinking like, well, why do I want to work with this person? You Mm. know what I mean? And, and, and I think that those questions are important, you know, because again, I, I think a lot of times some people are just trying to, find information without actually doing the thing. And again, it's not going to work. We're we're in a place where I'm like, we're in a social media world. Mm -hmm. YouTube exists. You literally, the information that is out there for free, there's so much. So I'm like, if you just want a quick fix answer, go freaking watch a YouTube video. Google it. Right. (laughs) Literally. Google it. But I'm like, but if you want the actual transformation, you Mm -hmm. have to be willing to go there or you're going to stay in this cycle of frustration. We're always looking for the quick fix. That's, that's the human, right? The human always wants the quick fix. We want to move out of discomfort, but I have found for myself time and time again, the more uncomfortable I allow myself to get the more comfort I receive on the other side. Yes. Yep. It's so, so, so true. I I think of that every time shit gets hard, mm-hmm. you know, every time shit gets hard, I'm like some kind of breakthrough is about to happen. Here we go again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I love it now. I used to hate that feeling. Mm-hmm. I used to stop at that feeling. Yeah. And then I never saw the good side. And I think that's another issue is people, it starts to get uncomfortable and then they stop and then they think it didn't work. 
you know, when in actuality, we didn't put in enough time to let it actually work. We gave up too soon, Mm. you know, and now I'm to the point where I crave that feeling. And it's like, no, I haven't been uncomfortable in a while. I need to go get uncomfortable so that I can go to the other side of whatever that is. Um, But that's taken a long time to realize. Yeah. It's beautiful self-awareness. I love I self-awareness is like one of my like favorite things, especially when people realize that how important it is. Yeah. What was something for you that you had to overcome in any aspect, anything? Like, I know that's a broad question, but I mean, I feel like, and this is going to sound so cliche, but I feel like I'm consistently overcoming myself. Mm. This is a conversation I've been having with my husband a lot lately because he's in this beautiful season of growth as well. And he's, he finally said something to me and I was like, oh my gosh, you've been listening. Oh my gosh. He was like, I'm the one in my own way. And I'm like, yes, it's you that's in your own way. And I think I'm constantly overcoming my own demons in that space where like I am facing parts of myself that I'm like, there is a reason why I kept these so deep for so long because I wasn't willing and ready to face them. And the more, and it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, okay, bring on the demons. Right. Right. Beautiful chipping away. And I think it goes into what you were saying. It's like, now I want to become uncomfortable because I know it's on the other side, but every single time I'm approaching it, I'm like, Oh, but do I want to, I'm like, I could just like, I could sell my lease. I could be a stay at home mom. I could just like sell all of these different parts of my business. I could just like chill at home. Right. That'd be so great to be able to do that. And then I have to overcome my fear of maybe more success or maybe more discomfort, or maybe not being the person that I thought that I was supposed to be right. Fear of success is an interesting one. That that's one that that was one of my breakthroughs last year is that I don't actually fear failure. I'm actually fear success. Success Mm -hmm. is more pressure. Success is more stress in my mind, right? Success is, you know, I'm not going to know what to do if I make more, that much more money. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like, and it's funny because I think we blame it on failure. We're scared to fail, but are we really scared to fail? Are we really scared to succeed? Well, and I don't like, I'm that girl. I don't believe in failure. I don't either. I've had so many failed businesses, right? Mm -hmm. So many things that I've experienced over the last 15 years of entrepreneurship. And I'm like, okay, I learned this from this. I learned this from this. And really it's just a paradigm shift. It's just changing the lens and being like, okay, instead of looking at this as a failure, what did I learn from it? And that's where I think that level of Mm self-awareness is really, really important because Oftentimes I think we think being the victim is actually going to be the easier route when in reality we're making our lives harder than they have to be by just changing our view of something. We can actually see how the really terrible, really hard things that we've had to overcome are actually beautiful blessings that have been placed in our lives to help us grow and evolve into exactly who we were meant to be. When I look at tangible things that I've had to overcome in the past 10 years, it's like, okay, debilitating debt, right? Not knowing how we were going to pay rent every single month, being a single mom, living in a state where I had no family and just a few friends, 
right? Friends that were in completely different stages of their lives because they're single and live in their lives. I'm single with a baby, right? right? Just these different things that I've experienced and had to overcome. I look at them now and I'm like, holy shit, look what I did. Yeah. Like, thank God I had to go through that or I wouldn't be where I am now. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I don't believe I use failure, but I I'm the same because I think that a failure is actually a lesson, Mm. you know, even this launch thing, right? Like I was thinking about, I'm like, you know, I still get to impact people. I still get to impact somebody like, yeah, it wasn't the amount of people, but maybe I'm not ready for that yet. Maybe Mm. this is what I need for now. Maybe this person needs that extra attention from me. You know what I mean? And I, I completely shifted it in a completely different way. Um, because again, I think kind of back to what we were going to before when we focus so much just on the money, yeah. we lose what actually the feeling that we're actually trying to go for anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm focusing on, oh, well, I didn't make as much money as I thought. Yeah, but I still get to impact somebody significantly. And that mm-hmm. is why I'm doing this. Yeah. So why am why do we default back? Well, maybe you can answer this. Why do we default back to those old thoughts when something happens, when quote unquote failure yeah. is presented to us, if that's what you want to call whatever we're talking about. But yeah. I so, I mean, if you want to get into it, let's get into it. So essentially our subconscious mind, our unconscious mind, whatever you want to call it, our general operating system was created through our beliefs that were either given to us or modeled to us our entire lives right? And so our brain's job is to protect us. It's going to go back to what it knows. It's going to go back to what is the most comfortable thing for us because your brain doesn't want you to be in discomfort. It's literally what our brains were created for. So when we are moving and shifting into this way or integrating a new belief or trying something new, your body and your mind are like, stop, stop. (laughs) Like full on alarms are going off. And it's like, let's back it up. Like what can we do to get her to back it up and move back into the beliefs that have served us up until this point. Right. And so really it's our general operating system that exists in our subconscious mind. And until you can get down to the beliefs, to the depth of, okay, what is the belief? Do I want to change that belief? What is actually guiding me to action or inaction? That's why like, that's why it's so hard for some of us. I'm like, I know it's not as hard for you, but like for some of us to like be active every single day, mm. right? if it's not a habit, if it's not something that you are like actively moving your body or going to the gym or these different types of things, your body's like, no, we, we don't do that. Right. That's not something we do. That's something somebody else does. And you don't have to worry about that. Right. Mm. And your brain is actually in the driver's seat, driving your life. Right. 95%, 95% of our lives exist through our subconscious mind. 5%. We have control of 5% of the conscious actions that we are making. So if your subconscious programming has you on this track that you're not down with, great. We're going to consciously change what that track is and what that track could be for you. Mm, yes, that's good. That's really good. That's and that's why like the nerdy stuff. Well, and, and that's why the old shit will pop up, right? Because uh-huh. it takes time for that to happen. You're not right. gonna, you know, it have one conversation. Right. You're not gonna have one conversation and then you're never gonna feel that way again. Like you have to like learn well, how to self-coach yourself. And it goes back to action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So part of rewriting your subconscious mind is not just integrating new beliefs. It's taking actions that fortify that belief so that even if you don't believe it yet, you're showing your mind. Yeah, no, actually you're wrong. I'm right. This is what we believe now. This is who we are now. Yes. And that's the important piece is if you can, you can sit and meditate and do your affirmations every damn day. It's not actually going to change if you don't change your life. Yes. Yes. I tell my clients, you know, they, they come to me because they want to be good with money. Right. Mm -hmm. So I tell them next, every like choice you have to make, ask yourself, what would, what would future me that's good with money do? And Mm -hmm. then make that choice. Yeah. You know, cause at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Right. It's about, I want to become this person. Well, you have to start showing up as that person. And then one day you're going to wake up and you're gonna be like, Oh shit. (laughs) Look at this. Yeah. But Um, like, it is really interesting though, because I, I think oftentimes people think that they're going to wake up mm-hmm. as that person one day, but it's a slow, continual process of small things that compound over time. Yep. But one day you wake up and you look around and you're like, no, I am the person that I thought I could be, but it is a process. And I think being able to allow ourselves to be in that process and also going back to mentorship, it's like learn from someone who's doing it yep, and done it. And I say doing it because even coaches, like I don't have all my shit together all the time. I'm still a human. My general operating system is constantly needing a reboot. Right. So I always say with my clients, like, yeah, I'm three or four steps ahead of you, but that doesn't mean that I know more than you or that I'm smarter than you. I'm just at this point in my path. And that's why looking for a mentor, it's like, find someone who's a few steps ahead of you so they can model what's possible, but also remember they're humans. Yeah. I love that. We don't need to put coaches on pedestals. We don't need to put educators or mentors on this pedestal of like, oh my gosh, that's what possible, what is possible for me. And also remember you're looking at what you think their finish line is. You haven't seen the rest of their race. Yeah, exactly. That's why I love this podcast. Cause I always tell people, if you want to get to know me the best, listen to my podcast, because mm-hmm. I, I am very open. There's not a whole lot of coaches that are come going to come on here and say my launch didn't do great. I will, yeah. because yeah. I am not like I it's an integrity thing for me. Right. Totally. It's like, no, no, no. Like I get why it, I mean, I don't need to smoke and mirrors it. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, so it's like, I, I think, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody recently. I don't know if it was you or not. Um, we were talking about trust and how, um, trust is actually built when somebody can acknowledge that they're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that I know for me, when I first started coaching, I thought I had to constantly show up as a hundred percent expert. I know it all. And I realized that that actually like for me, that turns me off. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you mm-hmm. came to me and you're like, I, I can train I you and be a life coach and I know uh-huh. everything I'm going to be like, mm, I bet you don't. Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. so I think actually showing up and, and showing vulnerability and, and showing that things aren't perfect is actually more relatable, more helpful for somebody. Totally. Um, And and the thing that I think is interesting about that is there are some people who want a mentor that has their shit together or claims to have their shit together. But let me tell you right now, anyone who is claiming to have their shit together on the internet doesn't. There's something. Yeah. There's there's something something going on. Because 
we're humans and we're always evolving. And maybe they have pieces of their life together. Like I would say I'm leaps and bounds more together than I was four years ago. Same. But in four years from now, I'm like, damn, who's she going to be? Right. And so I think moving with the process, allowing the process to be exactly what it needs and knowing where am I on my journey and what do I really need right now? Great. I'm going to find a mentor and connect with someone who is where I want to be in the next few years. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Oh, Tara, I could, um, again, I feel like we could do this. We could literally talk all day long. Yes. Um, so I have, I'm going to kind of wrap this up with the last question that I ask everyone. This is the cash confidence stylist mastermind or mastermind cash confidence stylist podcast. I'm getting confused with all my things now. (laughs) Um, so my question for you is what does being a cash confidence stylist mean to you? Mm. I'm like, I'm not a stylist anymore, but being a cash confident, cash confident stylist, person, let's just okay. say that a, it cash doesn't confident, have to be. Yep. a cash confidence human, if mm-hmm. we will, there you go. I mean, I think it goes down to awareness of self, right? Being able to be exactly who we are through the process of everything and allowing our journey when we have the confidence to just really let that shine through. And when we feel like we don't have the confidence in our cash or in ourselves or in our expertise, it's like, okay, what can I do to build myself? What action can I take to move myself back into the space of confidence? Because there is an energy that comes with confidence that you can't fake. Yes. And I think when you step into that true authenticity of owning just exactly who you are and where you are with all the filters taken away, you're able to actually be that confident person, that confident human, that confident stylist, because it's from the inside out versus the outside trying to be something that it's not. Amen to that. I love it. Where can everyone find you? Where's all your all your Instagrams, websites, all over the internet. Um, (laughs) you can find me on the World Wide web. Um, so I spend my time over on, I am Tara Kirby on Instagram. Um, and me and my, my team of coaches and all of our educators, we spend our time over on dream maker society and we're on Instagram at dream maker society. Uh, so that's our handle. And then dreammakersociety.com. Um, yeah. I spend the majority of my time on Instagram. I'm like dabbling in the TikTok. I honestly couldn't even tell you what my TikTok username is. Probably I'm Tara Kirby. TikTok stresses me out. Well, <laughs> you know, it's just like, we can dive into that. I'm like, what, what about that stresses you out? Yeah. I don't <laughs> but know. Same, right. But, but I no, will, <laughs> I will put all these in the show notes, by the way. Yeah, so. Dreammakersociety.com, Society on the Instagram. I'm Tara Kirby. Um, yeah. I mean, you can just find me around. Tara, I love you to death. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming and chatting with me. We'll have to do it again. Yes. Anytime I'm here for it. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, 
Please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.